Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. There are times in people's lives where they are really conflicted. They're really torn. They know what God says and they know what's right. But then their own desires are telling them this. And there's this battle that takes place. And there's also, you know, a deception, obviously, that comes upon people because when they go with their own desire, that is where they just put themselves in a place of destroying themselves. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian resumes his teaching on Jeremiah chapters 36 through 40. Now here's Pastor Brian. So Zedekiah is actually appointed the king by Nebuchadnezzar. So by this time, Jerusalem has already been conquered in effect by Nebuchadnezzar. And he sets up Zedekiah as the king. And so King Zedekiah, son of Josiah, reigned instead of Kaniah, the son of Jehoiakim. And this again, is it's an interesting story. As you see, Zedekiah, Zedekiah seems to have he has, I don't know if it's superstition or what, but he, he has some kind of sense. I mean, you would think that he would after all that's already happened, that Jeremiah is really a prophet and these things are you know, really coming down, just as Jeremiah said, but he's still resistant. He's still not really going to surrender himself to the Lord. But let's just read through some of the story here. It's interesting. So, Nebuchadnezzar made him king, Zedekiah, says here in verse 1. But neither he nor his servants nor his people of the land, nor the people of the land, gave heed to the words of the Lord, which he spoke by the prophet Jeremiah. So can you imagine? I mean, we talked a lot about Jeremiah already, right? But I mean, this is a guy who he's serving the Lord, he's he's preaching, he's he's doing everything God wants him to do, and nobody's paying attention. Nobody could care less about what. Jeremiah had to say. I mean, talk about a discouraging calling. Uh, Jeremiah seemed to have one. And so Zedekiah, in verse 3, the king, sent Jehuchal, and he's the priest, to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, pray now to the Lord our God for us. So Zedekiah is not paying attention to the word of the Lord, but he, but he sends uh, for a message to Jeremiah to pray for us. Now, Jeremiah was coming and going among the people, for they had not yet put him in prison. Then Pharaoh's army came up from Egypt, and when the Chaldeans who were besieging Jerusalem heard news of them, they departed from Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Thus you shall say to the king of Judah, who sent you to um, sent, who sent you to me to inquire of me, 
Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come up to help you, will return to Egypt to their own land, and the Chaldeans shall come back and fight against the city and take it and burn it with fire. So you see what's happened here. The Chaldeans, the Babylonians are besieging Jerusalem. The Egyptians come and they're attacking the Chaldeans. So the Chaldeans are having to go fight the Egyptians. And so Zedekiah is now thinking, great, we're free, we're delivered. The Egyptians are going to take care of the Babylonians and then everything's going to be okay for us. And all this stuff that Jeremiah said about us, you know, going into slavery and being shipped off to Babylon, all of that's going to be proven to be wrong. And so Jeremiah says, verse 9, the Lord says through him, do not deceive yourself saying the Chaldeans will surely depart from us for they will not depart. For though you had defeated the whole army of the Chaldeans who fight against you, and there remained only wounded men among them, they would rise up every man in his tent and burn the city with fire. And it happened when the army of the Chaldeans left the siege of Jerusalem for fear of Pharaoh's army that Jeremiah went out of Jerusalem into the land of Benjamin to claim his property there among the people. And when he was in the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the guard was there whose name was Arijah, the son of Shelemiah. And he seized Jeremiah the prophet saying, you are defecting to the Chaldeans. Then Jeremiah said, false, I'm not defecting to the Chaldeans, but he did not listen to him. And Arijah seized Jeremiah brought him to the princes. Therefore, the princes were angry with Jeremiah and they struck him and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan the scribe. So, wow, here he goes again. Then Zedekiah, the king sent and took him out. The king asked him secretly in his house and said, I love this. The king asked him secretly, is there any word from the Lord? Jeremiah said, yes, there is. Then he said, you shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah said to the king, what offense have I committed against you, against your servants or against this people that you have put me in prison? Where now are your prophets who prophesied to you saying the king of Babylon will not come against you or against this land? Therefore, please hear now, O my Lord, the king, please let my petition be accepted before you and do not make me return to the house of Jonathan the scribe, lest I die there. And Zedekiah the king commanded that they should commit Jeremiah to the court of the prison and that they should give him daily a piece of bread from the baker's street until all the bread in the city was gone and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. And so I just love, as we've seen many times, you know, just that boldness of Jeremiah. Is there a word from the Lord? Yes, there is. You're going to Babylon. So, you know, that is the word of the Lord. There's no, there's no altering that. There could have been if they would have ever repented, but they refused to do that. So chapter 38, we find Jeremiah. Things just are going from bad to worse for Jeremiah here. So verse two says, thus says the Lord, he who remains in this city shall die by the sword, by famine and pestilence, but he who goes over to the Chaldeans shall live. His life shall be a prize to him and he shall live. So Jeremiah's message, again, is like, just cooperate. It's over. You know, 
God's judging this city. And the best thing you can do is just cooperate with what God's doing. Go, let, go to Babylon. And we saw, you know, back in previous chapters where the Lord said, go to Babylon and pray for the peace of that city and, you know, build yourself houses and plant yourselves gardens and, you know, have weddings for your children and all of that. Because for 70 years, you're going to be, you're going to be there. And so again and again, uh, the Lord keeps reminding them of these things. But not only was there this resistance against Jeremiah, but remember, we also pointed out that Ezekiel, he is in Babylon. And in Babylon, he's faced with the same thing because the the people in Babylon are saying, we're going to be freed from here really soon. This is a couple of years and this is going to be over and we're going to go back to Jerusalem. And Ezekiel's saying, you're not going back to Jerusalem. And so Ezekiel is having the same conversation in Babylon with those who are rebelling against God's word as Jeremiah is having with those in Jerusalem who are rebelling against God's word. And maybe you remember earlier where one of the leaders in Babylon sent a message back to Jerusalem saying, kill Jeremiah. Because he's saying that we're not going to be freed from Babylon. And he's really upsetting people down here. So, I mean, this is like an insane power struggle conspiracy thing. And you've got these two prophets in the middle of it all. And they're speaking God's word. And nobody wants to hear it. So verse three says, thus says the Lord, the city shall surely be given into the hand of the king of the Babylon or the king of Babylon's army, which shall take it. Therefore, the princes said to the king. So the princes, these of course would be the, the members of the king's cabinet. They would be his sons and you know people with great power there in the city. The princes said to the king, please kill this man. Put this man to death. For thus he weakens the hands of the men of war who remain in this city and the hands of all the people by speaking such words for them. For this man does not seek the welfare of this people, but their harm. So this is their complaint against Jeremiah. He's discouraging everybody. He's not cooperating with the agenda. And, you know, this kind of thing happens over and over again in history. And it happens in Christian history. It happens where the Christian community is resisting the evil proclamations of the the powers that be. And so the the solution is we got to get rid of these people. And that's how many persecutions arose over the years. And, you know, we see little glimpses of that in our culture today where whether it's, you know, with sexuality or those kinds of things that the general population are insisting on and they don't want any resistance to it, we're finding that there are those voices that are calling for suppression of the resistance. And that's not just happening on a government level, but think of how that happens in the corporate world today. How all these large corporations that are 
richer than nations, how they're requiring you know, certain standards from their employees, certain views on, on a variety of ethical and moral issues. And if you don't toe the party line, if you're not in agreement with their worldview, then you're fired or you're just pushed aside, you're passed over when it comes to promotions and things like that. It's a subtle form of persecution. But it's due to the fact that there's a voice that's saying, no, we're not going along with everything. We don't agree. And dissent is not welcome in so many of these places these days. So history just repeats itself over and over again in in different contexts, but the same kinds of things happening. So in verse 5, Zedekiah the king said, look, he is in your hand, for the king can do nothing against you. So they took Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the king's son, which was in the court of the prison, and they let Jeremiah down with ropes. So Zedekiah, in the end, he's just a big coward. You know, on the one hand, he's, you know, Jeremiah, okay, I'll help you out. Just don't, don't tell people what I'm doing. And then when he can really stand up for Jeremiah, he says, well, I can't really do anything. If you want to take him and put him in a dungeon, go ahead. It's really a pathetic situation. So they cast him into the dungeon there. And it says that they let Jeremiah down with ropes. And in the dungeon, there was no water but mire. And Jeremiah sank in the mire. Boy, pastors think they got it tough today. <laughs> Jeremiah, he's literally sunken to his neck in the mire. And he's pretty much left there to, as far as they're concerned, he's, he's left there to die. So here comes a hero, Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian one of the eunuchs who was in the king's house heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon. And when the king was sitting at the gate of Benjamin, Ebed-Melech went out of the king's house and spoke to him. My lord and king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is likely to die from hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city." Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech. So we see here, now he's waffling back the other way. The Ethiopian saying, take from here 30 men with you and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went into the house of the king under the treasury and took from there old clothes and old rags and let them down by ropes into the dungeon to Jeremiah. Then Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, please put these old cloths and rags under your armpits, under the ropes. And so Jeremiah did, and they pulled Jeremiah up with ropes and lifted him out of the dungeon. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. Now, remember, this is an anthology, so we've got no chronological order. Remember those passages that we read where Jeremiah was talking about he, you know, he was cursing the day that he was even born. And he, he even made a covenant, I'm not going to speak anymore in the name of the Lord. And he even says to God, remember at that one point, he says, Lord, you deceived me. And so 
those those are expressions, although they're located you know back in the book, these are the kinds of expressions that Jeremiah would have made during these types of moments. So deep, deep discouragement, but yet at the same time, a deep sense of God's call upon his life. So remember that part where he said, I'm not gonna speak anymore in your name. And then he turns around and he says, but your word was like a fire in my bones. I couldn't resist it. Even though I determined not to do it, I couldn't do it. And you know, when you're called by God, whatever the opposition happens to be, the thing that, that helps you press through that is just that sense of calling, even when you want to quit sometimes. Even when you just say, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then you find that I can't, I can't contain it. It's there. It wells up within. Now, Zedekiah, he had sent, verse 14, Jeremiah, the prophet, brought to him at the third entrance of the house of the Lord. And the king said to Jeremiah, I will ask you something. Hide nothing from me. And Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, if I declare it to you, will you not surely put me to death? And if I give you advice, you will not listen to me. So Zedekiah the king swore secretly to Jeremiah, saying, as the Lord lives who made our very souls. I mean, listen to this astounding hypocrisy. Does he really believe that the Lord lives and made our very souls? If he does, how does he keep doing what he's doing? How does he keep resisting the will of God? This is just religious jargon. You know, he's, he's learned... He's learned how to speak religiously, but obviously he doesn't believe it. He says, I will not put you to death, nor will I give you into the hand of these men who seek your life. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, if you surely surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then your soul shall live. The city shall not be burned with fire and you and your house shall live. Man, how many times it's like over and over and over, and this is after centuries of God pleading with the people, but through Jeremiah's ministry, through the whole time, God is continually offering a way out of the situation and a way to save Jerusalem. If you do this, the city won't be destroyed. It won't be burned down. But if you don't surrender to the king of Babylon's princes, then this city shall be given into the hand of the Chaldeans and they shall burn it with fire and you shall not escape from their hand. And Zedekiah the king said to Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Jews who have defected to the Chaldeans lest they deliver me into their hand and they abuse me. But Jeremiah said, they shall not deliver you. Please obey the voice of the Lord which I speak to you so it shall be well with you and your soul shall live. But if you refuse to surrender, this is the word that the Lord has shown me. So, you know, God is calling Zedekiah to trust him. And, you know, even even as I read this, I think of, you know, there are times in people's lives where they are really conflicted. They're really torn. They know what God says, and they know what's right. 
but then their own desires are telling them this. And there's this, this battle that takes place. And there's also, you know, a deception, obviously, that comes upon people because when they, when they go with, with their own desire, that is, that's where they, they just put themselves in a place of destroying themselves. But I've seen so many people over the years where there is, there's a conflict that's taking place. There's a struggle. There's a battle. And Zedekiah is in that battle right here. But sadly, he continues to succumb to his own will rather than the will of God. So Jeremiah said, they shall not deliver you. Please obey the voice of the Lord, which I speak. If you refuse to surrender, this is the word of the Lord. Now behold, all the women who are left in the king of Judah's house shall be surrendered to the king of Babylon's princes. And those women shall say, your close friends have set upon you and prevailed against you. Your feet have sunk in the mire and they have turned away again. So they shall surrender all your wives and children to the Chaldeans. You shall not escape from their hand, but shall be taken by the hand of the king of Babylon and you shall cause this city to be burned with fire. And Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, let no one know of these words and you shall not die. But if the princes hear that I have talked with you and they come to you and say to you, declare to us what you have said to the king and also what the king said to you, do not hide it from us and we will not put you to death. Then you shall say to them, I presented my request before the king that he would not make me return to Jonathan's house to die there. And so the princes came to Jeremiah. They asked him these things and Jeremiah responded in that way. Now Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison until the day that Jerusalem was taken and he was there when Jerusalem was taken. And so here we go, chapter 39, the fall of Jerusalem. In the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the 10th month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and besieged it. In the 11th year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, on the ninth day of the month, the city was penetrated. Then all the princes of the king of Babylon came in and sat in the middle gate and all the names of these Babylonian princes are here. And so it was when Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and all the men of war saw them, that they fled and went out of the city by night by way of the king's garden, by the gate between the two walls, and he went out by way of the plain. And so Zedekiah is seeking to escape. And the Chaldean army pursued and overtook Zedekiah, in the plains of Jericho. And when they captured him, they brought him to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to Riblah in the land of Hamath, where he pronounced judgment on him. And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. An important aspect of the Christian life is 
understanding that we are in a spiritual battle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, the Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6, but we are in a war against these principalities and powers, against these spiritual beings. And so I've written a book that was at one time entitled Spiritual Warfare, but in the updated version, I changed the title to The Powers of Darkness and the People of God. And I think this is such an important book. So many of us go about experiencing the what is really the attack of, of the devil, but we don't even realize that that's what's going on. So this book will inform you not only of how to detect when the enemy's at work, but also of how to combat the various schemes of the enemy to mess with us and to undermine our faith and to just basically make our lives miserable. So I want to encourage you to pick up a copy of The Powers of Darkness and The People of God. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Brian Broderson. You can order the book The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book The Powers of Darkness and the People of God by Brian Broderson. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Isaiah. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.